Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the life of Riley. I'm Riley, and this is the life. Just kidding. Um, so we're still in self-isolation quarantine mode, although, you guys, things are starting to look up, I guess. Up north, where my parents live, it's, like, starting to reopen. Restaurants are opening back up. In Texas, where some of my friends live, like, things are looking up and getting more normal over there. So, yeah, so it sounds like things are getting better. I've been doing really well. Just hanging out, getting homework done, being able to like socially distance from all my friends, but still be able to like go on walks and stuff. It's been awesome. So today's episode is actually going to be something kind of different. It's something that I haven't done before and I'm actually a little nervous about it. I'm a little nervous. A couple weeks ago, maybe two weeks ago, I was talking to my my parents. We we're having game night and as many of you know, I work at Disney and I'm currently furloughed. Maybe I'll do an episode on that being furloughed, but um, maybe not. Who cares? I, I, I work for Disney and I love Disney. Let me just start out by saying that. I believe in the, the company. I believe in the mission. I believe in the people. I have had really great experiences at Disney um, and I've worked for other large corporations before and Disney really is unmatched in the way that they treat each other and the way that they treat their guests. And I think that it's a really special company to work for, and especially working at Disneyland. It's just a magical, wonderful place. Like, when I tell people what I do, like, it's it's really, like, just as much fun as you would think it would be, and I absolutely love it. So, in thinking about how the coronavirus would affect the eventual and inevitable reopening of Disneyland, I started getting some thoughts about what I thought that was going to look like. And under what circumstances things were going to look different or better or worse in some cases. And I ended up writing a bit of like an op-ed, like, you know, kind of an opinion piece. And I thought I would read it on the podcast, which is like so weird and just totally out of my comfort zone because I was kind of shy to have like anyone read it. Um, And here I am putting it out there for everyone. But I'm actually going to read the piece and then um, I'll talk about it a little bit and I think that that'd be cool. So if you're interested in hearing that, uh, let's roll into it. Enjoy this episode of The Life of Riley. So here it goes. I am a cast member at Disneyland. My job is to make sure the time you and your family spend in the park is magical. A day you will remember forever. There are hundreds of cast members, just like me, each dedicated to ensuring your time with us is perfect. Southern California has a lot of great theme parks. They're fun and each their own way unique, but they don't deliver magic. Only Disneyland does that. And delivering the magic is why Disneyland needs nothing less than a COVID-19 cure, or at the very least, a vaccine. Not the hand-washing, not the social distancing, not the measures that may work for other parks. The stopgap measures Disney CEO Bob Chapek announced on the second quarter's conference call, partial reopening of Disneyland Shanghai with masks, etc., are certainly necessary for now. But without a cure or a vaccine, the Disneyland reputation for magic, the ingredient that makes Disneyland so special, will in fact be a liability. Here's why. Danger banished in Disneyland. Coronavirus is a danger. 
As the world slowly inches back to work, the threat in public spaces will be confronted, fenced off, attacked. There will be sanitation workers with spray rigs, markers on floors showing people where to stand, etc. The danger will be visible. So will the defenses. For most businesses, visible precautions will reassure their customers, but not at Disneyland. At Disneyland, danger is never publicly confronted. Instead, it is banished. Walt created the happiest place on earth. That's partly because it's safest. When you enter Disneyland, you're enveloped in an invisible blanket of safety. You never see the security protecting you, but you know it's there. When a Disney cast member sees a child carrying a knight's sword in Fantasyland, she'll never say to the child, are you fighting a dragon? That's because there are no dragons in Disneyland, no dangers. Instead, the cast member might say, Do you have dragons in your kingdom? If Disneyland reopens with no vaccine, it will need to institute all the publicly visible safety measures everyone else will, social distancing and so forth. This will mean openly acknowledging danger inside Disneyland for the first time ever. That's not the Disney way. It will dilute the magic. Not just clean, flawless. Disneyland is famously clean, Everything is freshly painted. There is no litter in sight. As with safety, this visual perfection just seems to happen. But behind the scenes, an endless and expensive dance occurs. The night of July 3rd, after the park closes, thousands of flowers in the vast circular hub in front of Sleeping Beauty's castles are removed and replaced with red, white, and blue flowers. On the 4th of July, guests enjoy the magic. Then, at night, after closing time, the patriotic flowers are taken away and regular ones are put back. Custodial cast members may pick up the odd paper cup here and there, a notably non-threatening activity. But some of their time is spent doing things like drawing Disney characters on the sidewalk with wet mops to the delight of the young and old. Again, this is an expensive way to keep things clean, and it is part of the reason you pay more to visit Disneyland than other parks. But the extra expense pays for the magic, which in turn creates those special memories that you get nowhere else. When businesses reopen in the coronavirus world, others will up their game on the cleanliness side. That's good. And while Disneyland will certainly maintain its reputation for sanitation, it will need to move that work from behind the curtain, where it has always been, and into public view. But unlike custodial cast members drawing Mickey with their mops, there's no way to make people in surgical masks look magical as they scrub the railings at the Main Street USA Disneyland Railroad Station. The Disney magic, for which you pay a premium at the ticket office, will blur. Perfect people, cast members, and magical moments. Because I'm a cast member myself, I admit I'm a little biased on this point. But the fact is, much of what makes Disneyland special is people like me, We always smile, we are always friendly, always talk and answer and laugh, and we do it close up. Cinderella will hug your three-year-old and pose with him for a photo. The man selling churros will compliment your Donald Duck pin and offer advice on what to see next. At Disneyland, human connections are there for the taking, by design. They're part of the magic. You can walk from shop to shop in Frontierland and have real conversations with anyone behind the counter. Cast members aim to make guests feel welcomed, valued, and heard. When was the last time you looked forward to talking with a food vendor at another theme park? When you put cast members in face masks and tell them to stay six feet apart from guests, 
How many magical conversations do you think will happen? You don't expect those conversations at SeaWorld, but you do at Disneyland. Standing six feet away, how will your child talk with the ragtime piano player about her art? The Disney magic won't die, but it will dim. And that magic is why you're willing to pay more for a ticket to Disneyland. No science, no magic. Without compromising who they are, other theme parks can practice overt security, aggressively promote cleanliness, and stand back from their patrons to combat coronavirus. At Disneyland, we can't. Not if we want to keep making the magic. Unlike other theme parks, Disneyland needs a real coronavirus cure, or at least a vaccine. It's a uniquely 21st century irony that magic, real magic, Disney magic, will depend on science to survive. So that's the article. And just as a disclaimer, this this is just my opinion. I don't speak for the company. I don't speak for official like Walt Disney Company. Um, this is just my opinion as an observer and as a cast member. So let me say a few things about the article. First of all, I want to make it really clear. I, I'm, I hope it come, came across in what I wrote, but I love Disney. I, I think that it is so special. I think that it is so unique. And that's why I feel so strongly about, you know, these social distancing measures, although completely necessary and something I totally back and I believe in, they're going to change the way that we operate. They're going to change the feeling that people get. And I think that Disney is doing a really great job of trying to combat that now looking at like the opening of the Shanghai Park. Um, but it's different. Like it, it's not the same. And I think that that's okay. And it's okay to like say that and recognize that. You know, and, and furthermore, not only do I believe in the company, but I believe in the people. I am such, I'm close friends with the people that are, you know, on the front lines of these parks and the ones that make these interactions so special with our guests. And I believe that they're able to counteract all of these things. Like I believe that they can show even more love and passion and appreciation for what we do and the people we're around and the people that we get the opportunity to meet. And I think that they can actually overcome this clear deficit. You know, it's it's a it's okay to say this. It is a clear disadvantage to the Disney brand to have to wear masks and to have to stay six feet apart and to have to limit interactions between cast members and guests and characters and guests. It's a real disadvantage. And it is, like I said in the article, a uniquely Disney disadvantage. Other theme parks can do these sorts of measures without compromising fundamentally who they are. And Disney can't. So by recognizing that and by kind of giving a call to action to not only the people that work at Disneyland to really like bring that extra magic when we eventually reopen, but also to the guests, you know, like making people aware that, yeah, it's different, but it doesn't mean that it has to be, it doesn't mean that it has to be so far from what we remember Disneyland being. Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense, you know? I'm having a package delivered right now. Sorry. There's the Amazon guy. Thank you, sir. I'm not going to answer it right now because I'm podcasting. Anyways, um, I better actually grab the package. I don't want someone to take it off my porch. Porch pirates are real, people. Get your packages.
to business. The point of the article is twofold, okay? The, the first point is that obviously a cure and a vaccine is desirable for everybody, not just Disney. It benefits literally the entire world. But the point is, is that Disney, amongst its competitor brands of theme parks, Disneyland is in a unique position where they are disproportionately affected by the fact that we will have to practice these social distancing and self-isolation methods and best practices and things like that. You know, I saw an article where Disney was saying, like, eventually once we reopen, like, you're also assuming the risk of coming in and contracting coronavirus. Well, people were always, people were always assuming the risk. And I mean, before coronavirus, you're coming into a theme park where there's tens of thousands of people every day in close quarters and kids are sick and kids are gross and adults are sick and adults are gross. Like, you know, and people are touching things and you're going on rides that are literally touched by like millions of people in the same spot. And you're always assuming that risk. But what's so different about this situation is like Disneyland doesn't ever put like you're you're at risk for the common cold here because it's just assumed. Everyone knows that. But for the first time, Disney's having to say, like, you're assuming a risk to your safety by entering this park. And I just think it's so, it's just so fascinating to me that the brand is having to, at the same time and in real time, course correct and also, like, come up with a new way to talk about this that doesn't completely diminish the Disney brand. And that is so hard. I mean, not even from working there, anyone knows the Disneyland brand and the Disney brand is so strong. It is arguably one of the most powerful and recognizable brands in the world, if not the most, maybe. I mean, there's just so much behind the Disneyland name. And, you know, if you've ever been to Disneyland, you might notice like on one of the tunnels as you're entering onto um, Main Street, it says, I'm going to misquote this, but it says something like, here you leave the world of today and enter the world of tomorrow and yesterday and fantasy or something like that. And it's basically saying like you're being transported outside of whatever's going on out front of those green gates, those main entrance gates, and you step into Disneyland and you're just transported. And... What's so crazy is like, you're not going to be totally transported. Like you're, you're going to leave a world of masks and social distancing and hyper cleanliness. And you're going to enter a Disneyland of masks and social distancing and hyper cleanliness. And that escapism that people get from going to Disneyland, it's going to be, it's going to be diminished. I mean, it just is. And I think the really amazing thing about the Disney brand is that they have overcome challenges in the past and always continue to maintain that really strong brand identity regardless of what, you know, like, I don't know, scandals, I don't know a better word, but regardless of, regardless of what news ever comes out about the Disney company or around the Disney company, they're always maintained a strong brand identity. And I honestly believe that's because the people that work for Disney believe in it so hard and their intentions are so good and their driving factors are so pure that it really just like supports the brand regardless of whether or not mistakes are made or whether or not they have to um, 
combat something like a global pandemic like this. You know, I I believe in that. And I believe on a really personal level, like my friends and I, we love Disney. We support Disney. We want to make up the difference of where it's going to fall short, you know? Like if if it's going to fall flat to talk to a character from 30 feet away, well, then that character, I know, I know that they're going to step up and do everything they can to bridge that gap of what that child might be missing in that interaction. And I know that cast members, you know, in like merchandise and stores, like they're not going to be able to get close and talk to people and help them pick out the perfect like pair of mini ears because they can't decide between the pink glitter and the silver glitter. That's a real problem, you guys. You know, they're both really cute. And I know that that cast member is still going to find a way to help that person and make them make that experience of buying a pair of mini ears so special. I know that that's going to happen, but I just felt like this article, I just felt the need to put these words out there of like, I love Disneyland. I believe in Disneyland. I support Disney. I respect Disney. And I still recognize that things are going to look different. And I think that's okay. I think that one of the best ways that we can show love towards someone or something is to recognize when they're going to fall short and try our very, very best to combat that. It's just made me think about what steps I'm going to take personally to make sure that the reality of this article is, I don't know. I don't know. Because I do feel like it's realistic. Those are just my thoughts. So give me your thoughts. If you want to come on and chat with me about it, you want to have a little debate, let's do it. I would love, I would love to talk about it. But um, those are my thoughts, okay? So... Take what you will from it, or not at all if you feel like it. (laughs) You don't have to listen to this at all. But um, thank you guys so much for listening. Anyone who works for Disney or at Disneyland that's listening, shout out. I love you guys. We got this. We can do this. And um, I hope that you all are staying safe and healthy. And we'll talk soon. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Life of Riley.